All right, good morning. It's Wednesday, September 16th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. We have breaking news. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Josh Pate. Uh, Josh, the, the Big Ten is back, and that's pretty much all I have right now, and, and we'll just go from there. Josh, hello, Trey. This, this is me after I stayed up till uh, 2 o'clock waiting on news, and then I went to sleep and woke up to my phone going off from 47 different people saying, hey, what do you think about the news? So yeah, that's really stressful. I think really someone stressful. in Chicago just waited till um, they, they knew my sleep schedule. I think this is. Uh, I kind of had the same reaction, and I we were going to get on the on the podcast at some point this week and talk about the Big Ten because you've done such a good job on your show uh, on the Late Kick talking about this is just ridiculous that there's so much misinformation and so much confusion coming out of, of league office. And so when the news became official, I said to myself, "I, I got to get I got to get Josh on to react." So they're gonna they're gonna try to start. On October 24th, an eight-game season, which would make them eligible for the playoff with a, a Big Ten Conference title game on December 19th. They have baked in to hear all sorts of different protocols and policies. They're talking about their daily antigen testing, which they believe will start in late September. They color-coded a, a start-stop, like a, a red light, green light kind of deal as far as positivity rate and, and how those decisions will affect the alteration or the cancellation of the schedule and 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 not only are they going to even factor in the team positivity rate but they're talking about the general population positivity rate as well so like you said before we're recording this this might not like this might not be the last we we have some mass moments of big 10 confusion and hysteria they they left themselves an out if you will trey the first thing and I'm reading through this like it's in front of my face as we speak. The first thing that stands out to me is 21 days is the minimum that you have to be out if you test positive. 21 days is a long time. Now, what I don't see is contact tracing because contact tracing is what has gutted a lot of people's preseason rosters to the point where a place like Tennessee, they can hardly practice. Uh, Auburn has had to take days off. North Carolina has had some time. So I wonder, you know, what we haven't gotten right yet since everyone's just happy that they're having football, we haven't gotten feedback from anyone. We haven't heard on or off the record what players or coaches or administrators feel about it because they're just happy that they can, you know, have a new new lease on life, so to speak, for the 2020 season. But what I was curious about and still am curious about is whether this is called unanimous or not. You and I both know there are people up there who were involved in this decision that do not want football to happen. And so what I was always very cautious about is even if this comes back, are there going to be protocols put in place that are so above and beyond overly stringent that it will end up making football impossible to be pulled off up there? Now, I'm not saying that's what's happened. I'm saying that was my caution and kind of pessimism as it became evident that we were going to have a season. And so now that's kind of the next wait and see here. We've seen, you know, the ACC, the Big 12, the SEC, they've largely, with some hiccups, but largely been able to get things off the ground in practice. And now a couple of those leagues are already playing. Now we watch that entire process play off again in the Big 10. They pull away from the gate. They get out on the tarmac. It's time to rev the engine and let's see if they can get their season off the ground. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a schedule soon. This positivity rate stuff could be kind of crippling if the team positivity rate grows above five percent that means that the team must then stop practice and competition for a minimum of seven days and reassess metrics until improved green is zero to two percent you can keep doing your thing orange is two to five percent and that's 
Proceed with caution and enhance your COVID-19 prevention. But if that popu- if that team positivity rate gets above five, or if the population positivity rate gets above 7.5%, we have a seven-day halt. So if you've thought that the last few weeks have been kind of confusing when games are being postponed the week of and all that stuff and, and the conferences are having to shuffle around their schedule, we saw the ACC do that with Virginia, Virginia Tech, and, and Duke um, last week. Like the Big Ten, we haven't se- we haven't seen anything yet. Well, what we've seen is, so far from the public records that we've been given is, Trey, it doesn't seem like you have outbreaks of one or two people. So if it happens, it's going to be 5% of your roster. So um, I the questions I have would be tied into those numbers. Are those strictly positive tests? Are we including contact tracing with that? And also, that amount of time is no joke. So I know that they were never going to put this out cloaked in anything other than an abundance of caution. We all expected that. But, you know, that 5% number, again, no one's in a mood to complain this morning as we sit here. What is it? Wednesday, lose track of days. No one's in, no one's in any mood to complain now because it's one of those, well, we gave you a season. What more do you want? But that could potentially come back to bite someone. Yeah, the daily testing, I will say, I believe that gives them an opportunity to really mitigate the contact tracing with the daily testing. So that could be good, and and we'd like to see that happen in, in all the conferences that are playing football. So let's let's kind of switch gears. We're being a little bit like, hey, pump the brakes a bit. But we do, Josh, we do have good news, and, and the Big Ten is back. So I think the big question on everybody's mind, would an eight-game schedule with a conference championship, that gets you back in the playoff race Right. We had a big back and forth yesterday. You, you were in there when we were on our national editorial meeting and that question was thrown out. And like four of us simultaneously, when someone asked about a six game season, we just kind of recoiled. We said, no, 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 no. Like all yeah. at the same time. So it seems like that's the line. The line is they had to at least get an eight game season and 10 would be ideal eight would be acceptable. I don't think anyone is going for anything below eight, even if it's Ohio state, even if they are just like gut and quartering people by four touchdowns every single weekend, you have to meet this minimum baseline of a challenge from your schedule. And you have to make yourself vulnerable enough times, even against inferior competition, maybe as the case will be to even qualify. So we keep talking about this, you know, Trey, we were talking like, 10 seconds ago, basically, you said, okay, the Big Ten is going to start on the 24th and they're going to play a fill-in-the-blank number of games season and that will make them eligible. And we keep saying that. And as far as I know, there's no like tablet of stone where all of this is etched, where if you start by this date or if you play this number of games, you'll be included in the playoff. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen any announcement from anyone that talks about how anyone is eligible. We've just kind of assumed that. And I'm right there along with you. I think that too. But I wonder where that came from. And you obviously have to assume there's been a lot of the back channeling here from the Big Ten League office saying, all right, here's what we got. You guys going to let us in? You guys going to include us here? Because we're already part of this anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're about to announce it. So given like, like, give it like after hearing all that, and I, I, I'm with you. Eight games, that's enough. But it does seem the Big Ten is going to be so strict as far as can these games get off. Like, there's, it's possible that you have a contender that only gets seven games and only gets six, 
if I'm Ohio State and I'm Ryan Day, um, I worked so hard to get this back. I'm I'm telling them like I don't want Rutgers on my schedule. Like I want the other eight best teams because I want to take my absolute playoff shot at this point. Like I don't I don't want anyone to say like uh, you know they beat Michigan, they beat Penn State, game against Nebraska or Wisconsin was canceled. You know they beat up on Rutgers, beat up on Maryland, beat up on Indiana. Like I I want I want to load my schedule up because you're you're gonna have to make a really good argument. Josh, as a Big Ten team, um, especially if you have one loss going against the SEC, um, the Big Twelve probably hurt its. I mean, killed the Big Twelve killed its chances to get two in last week. They'll just get one. But if I'm Ohio State or if I'm if I'm Penn State, like I, I want I want to play the best the best teams here, given that they only have so many opportunities to impress the committee. Well, let me let me stress. I only believe the Big 12's opportunity to get two teams in was killed today when the Big Ten came back. So uh-huh. I just want to be on the record with that, and we'll never know otherwise. Uh, I think that whoever comes out of the Big Ten will have to be undefeated by default, kind of like you said there. I also fully agree with the sentiment that, listen, irrele- independent of the playoff, Trey, if you're Ohio State at this point, you are foaming at the mouth to play, period. And you feel like, right or wrong, you're one of the only ones up here who's taken this seriously and who's maintained a, a rigorous practice schedule. And like, we're ready. Don't know about the rest of you, but we're ready. That's kind of how it's felt externally. We're sitting down here in Nashville kind of watching this happen to the north of us. And that's how it's felt. Here's what I worry about. I, we, we were getting ready for Late Kick Live last night, expecting this news to break, and it didn't. And I was talking to our director, Colin, there. And I said, you know what this feels like is, I know that maybe in front of a camera, they're all going to say the right things, but it feels like behind the scenes, there may be some people who have said they want to play and coaches who have said they want to play and who really would be okay with not playing (laughs) for the same reason that if you thought you were going to be in a fitness contest a month from today and they called you and said, "Never mind, Trey, we don't have room for you. You'd probably go get pizza tonight. And you probably not take the best care of yourself over the weekend. And then if that same organization called you back in 10 days and said, hey, I know it's short notice, but uh, three weeks from now, we got a spot in that fitness contest after all. You want in? The competitive side of you says, yeah, yeah, let me in. But then your head tells you, "Uh, man, you you just put on like uh, seven pounds over the past week because you didn't think you were going to be in this. And I almost wonder if that mentality's crept in up there at some places, not Ohio State. But if you've got a place where, you know, you kind of let yourself go a little bit as a team, so to speak, and now all of a sudden it's time to hop back on and you know already you were going to be fighting an uphill battle to have to try and beat a team like Ohio State. And now I'm going to have to do it. And I've oh, we gotten a little loose around here, for lack of a better term. I can see that creeping in and I could absolutely see it. And here's the part two to that. Ohio State couldn't care less. They will embarrass you either way. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, I think I just like after the week two slate of of FCS and whatever, like I, I'm I'm sick of the the bad football. And I just I'm I'm kind of ready for the SEC to start on the 26th, and I hope the Big Ten front loads its schedule as well. Last question, then we'll get out of here. Pac-12 sort of left standing there, huh? They um they their issues are more government. They you know, UCLA, USC, Stanford cannot even practice yet. And of course, there are wildfires out there. Like the, I don't even I don't think it would be safe for them to start doing that this week either. But they do have the daily antigen testing deal, and and they were hitched to the Big Ten 
and now the Big Ten is going to play. Do you expect the Pac-12 to play? That, and that's just a, that's just a guess on our end. But what do you think? It'd be really hard for me to see it. Yeah, um, I know. I'm kind I, of know, the I know same we way. saw the, yeah we saw the USC players start to push for it yesterday. I don't feel like it's nearly as doable in the Pac-12 because in the Big Ten, I thought a lot of the hurdles that were put in place were self-made. So it, the p- same people who put them in place, if you pushed them hard enough, theoretically, they can take them down. And that ended up working at the last minute, but it ended up working. We're not talking about the same set of factors in the Pac-12. That's why hardly any of us, myself included, have spent a lot of time talking about the Pac-12 because it didn't feel like anything was doable out there. And to me, to a large extent, it still doesn't. And then you've also got natural disasters going on out there in the form of wildfires on top of what we were already dealing with. So no, I don't believe it. But listen, Trey, what you know, what are we talking about the goal being here? Like if the Pac-12, we obviously know they're not going to be able to start up in line with the Big Ten. What is the absolute best case? Is the best case that they just get a five-game season off the ground and don't even worry about college football playoff stuff? Are they going to try and start in the spring and just play their own season? I can't imagine that would happen. So what I would love to see is the ones out there that can get it off the ground, schedule some start in November and just play a few games. And what that allows us to do is it allows us to use maybe the bowl season as their reward. And maybe that's what they're working towards. And you can still have a Rose Bowl as a part of that. And you can figure out however you'd crown a conference champion in that. And it would be an abbreviated season. It, it wouldn't, it'll look really weird in the record books, asterisk, which is one of the hardest words in the English language for me to pronounce, all that stuff. Yeah, that would be there. But I think that it, it would be better than nothing. And I also think it would be better than trying to play some kind of quasi-farcical full season in the spring when no one else is even active. I I agree with you. And, you know, not to be a smart ass, it's been so long since they, you know, made the playoff anyway that the Rose Bowl might be, you know, the perfect reward for the Pac-12. But certainly they're going to have some tough decisions to make out there. Um, all right, Josh, thanks for doing this. We'll, we'll get this up. Emergency Big Ten is back. Reaction, I'm sure there's much more to come on the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you all next time.